Welcome to Physicists in the Wild. My name is Aggie Branchik. In this series, we chat with physicists who pursued careers outside of academia. In today's episode, we chat with Katya Barbarina Brooks, who did her PhD in theoretical quantum information and then pursued a career in education. Um, so I'm working full time as a teacher in Australia. So I'm living in Adelaide now. And it's been a huge adjustment because I was working in the UK just before that as a teacher as well. Um, mostly I'm teaching physics. Um, uh, I've always wanted to get into maths. I'm doing a little bit of maths teaching as well. I didn't do a teaching degree. I did a an apprenticeship, I guess you might call it. So I was straight into a classroom teaching and I knew one day a week was I at a uni doing a teaching degree. I was being paid straight away. So it was like a full-time salary and they paid for the degree essentially as well. They just had this program to get teachers in the classroom faster for people who already had the degree so like you had to have the subject knowledge so a regular teaching teaching degrees they teach the subject knowledge alongside the teaching so they take a bit longer obviously what would you say are your most favorite and least favorite parts of your job um the kids no, no. um they the least the kids are the most favorite <laughs> Both, both different kids. Um, no, so I think the best part is when you're in the room with the kids. That's when all the best things happen. And then the worst parts are usually all the other things outside the classroom where you're keeping up with just administrative, administrative tasks, chasing up, um, yeah, like following all the procedures and everything. I'm very good at following procedures. I would say that is not my strength, following procedures. Yeah, I think the other thing that really works for me with, with teaching is the milestones, like having a really tight, tight deadlines, like multiple deadlines a day and having 150 customers in one day, it just keeps you on track and I need to be kept on track. My day starts a bit earlier than what some kids think. You have to be there early just in case you need to be on relief or you need to get anything ready that you didn't night before, but you planned for that, uh, hopefully the evening before that. So a lot of kids don't realize that we work several hours each night, but most of the day you're teaching, sometimes you get free periods. Those are not really free. You end up having to chase someone. So you're collaborating in all of those times. Um, maybe you're grabbing your snack, um, the students come to see you or you're marking work. At lunch, I just hide in my office sometimes because I'm a bit overwhelmed by lots of people, lots of talking. Then the school day ends, you are chasing up anything to do with the kids. You usually have extracurricular stuff. So you've got sort of compulsory several hours and whatever you need to do. Like on a full day, you don't have time to go to the toilet. But it's usually a good day. I end up doing lots of practical work to break up my day. You try and experiment a little bit. So lots of variety in the day if you want to have the variety. What about work-life balance? I think when you start to realise that your family is being impacted um, by you being a workaholic or you not having that sort of work-life balance, then you take stock of things. You get that chance to reassess and yeah, you prioritise your family a bit more. And I guess the way that I've been doing that more because I got a bit more confident in my career was that I know when enough is enough and someone did many someone's tried to tell me that good enough is good enough you know like what you need to work on you know when you need to stop um yeah I think you just you you, you learn what's important and what's not I think that's that's been the big thing do you feel that any of your um, training from your PhD helped you uh, prepare yourself? I think it's been 
Like I think the one thing I really got out of it was being exposed to lots of different conferences, lots of different people. Even if you're all talking about the same boring physics, you still got so many different viewpoints about the same thing. It's very, very specific. And the arguments that happen, I just used to love that, that it wasn't like an emotional argument. Mm. So like that respectful, um, like appreciating different views. I think that's the main thing that I was just terrible with people before that. So your, your PhD taught you social skills? I guess, yeah, my social skills changed. Mm -hmm. I think I was I was not very tolerant of people before that either. I was very impatient. Um, I was only sort of wanting to socialise with very few, very same sort of people. So that sort of stuff, I think being more accepting and more tolerant of people. But, and now that I'm at a school, sometimes kids will ask me, oh, you must really hate that person or am I your favourite? And I think I genuinely answer that I don't dislike anyone which for me is a really, like, it's. I think I've come very far to really mean that because mm -hmm. they're all just someone's child who's maybe just having a bad day or, like, I don't know. I think that, for me, it's been a big change anyway. Would you say there are any other transferable non-physics skills that you learned in your PhD that are applicable in your job now? I think this sort of systematic thinking, um, when you approach a problem, uh, researching things for yourself. I think that's the main thing, just communicating with different people. Um, that sort of thing, yeah, collaboration, research, all that sort of stuff. I didn't have those skills. I got them in the PhD, I'd say, yeah. Did you feel like you had enough support during the PhD? I think I wasn't very good at asking for support and that was, I think that was the biggest lesson, communicating, asking for support, being clear when, when I'm struggling or when I think something needed to change. So I think I'm much better at that now. I think people knew it was hard. They didn't know how to help me. And right after I left, that's when they introduced the coursework. So that would have absolutely helped me succeed. Without the coursework, I don't think I should have started anything because I just felt like people were teaching me and they didn't have the time for it. So it was just, just lots of guilt sort of coming my way that from me. And I just felt too guilty. I had a major case of imposter syndrome for the whole time. It, it was definitely a syndrome of me feeling uncomfortable and wanting support. Mm -hmm. It was a syndrome of something. Like you, whenever you feel uncomfortable, it means something. It was just internalizing everything that wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault if I didn't have the background knowledge for it. I didn't lie about anything, but I wasn't able to get out of it. But as soon as I got out of it, like all my mental health problems just disappeared. Is this why you decided not to stay in academia? Yeah, I felt like there was too much uncertainty in, in academia and what my life might look like and what projects I might get to do. I guess some of it was hearsay, but if the feelings that were coming my way again, like people were just projecting things onto me, I was feeling like they didn't get to choose projects that they were passionate about. Sometimes they get stuck in them, financial worries for the project, financial worries for themselves, balancing work life, um, family, or, just all sorts of things that I didn't feel were, were worth the risk. I wasn't sure if they were going to make me happy. Yeah. Do you regret doing the PhD? I don't think I could have done anything else that would give me the same things that it gave me. Mm. It was very unique in the things that you get to do. So no, I think the only regrets I have are about just internalizing too many of my worries. That's... But I, I don't feel like I didn't seek help. I think people weren't aware at the time that that's what I was doing. 
I think maybe they didn't see what role they needed to play and how they needed to respond. I, I didn't actually hide my worries. I did, yeah, I think people kind of know a bit more about these things now. They kind of know like what effect it has when you don't respond when someone's asking you for help or they're worried about things. So it's not really regrets, but I think it would have turned out differently if I had done it like today. Yeah. What kind of help do you think would have been most helpful at that time? Um, I didn't get any financial support to get any mental health support at all. Um, the diagnosis that I got was that it wasn't even related to the PhD, that it was something to do with like childhood things. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So like that didn't like just wasn't really helpful. So my choice to see anybody was I had to pay for it. Um, they didn't ask me or they didn't recommend that I talk to my supervisor and let them know like it was very it's your problem you go deal with it but you're a very young person when you're doing a PhD and you're the first like that was the first time living away from home and all that sort of stuff so I think it would have been dealt with differently nowadays yeah if someone was doing their PhD right now and they were really interested in transitioning into becoming a high school teacher what practical advice would you give them I think it's nice to be really realistic with what that day looks like for a teacher um, and what sort of workload there is and what sort of rewards there are. And one of the things that I had repeated to me a few times was um, it's a vocation. It's not a career. And I I think it's a, it can be taken a very bad way. And I did it a couple of times, but I know what they were trying to say. And it has to be a calling. to get through all the hard parts, to get through the hard work. Um, but at the same time, it should be a career. So I think that's that's something that's not quite the same as it is in academia. It's just not quite sort of the same sort of linear path. You have to just enjoy the day-to-day as well. And I think that's why not many people do um, go that way. So it's, I think it's happening a bit more now. And I think there are valuable skills that you've got in your PhD that will help you. However, it's so, so different. Um, I think the best thing is that you've got that wider experience. I think kids do gravitate towards people that have sort of interesting stories and they've got, they've got that sort of experience. So I think it's going to be very valuable to have different kinds of people as teachers. It's boring if all your teachers, they just did a teaching degree. I think they find it fascinating when people have different stories. And it's, and it's fun to work with those people for me as well. If you were doing your PhD right now and you weren't sure what to do, after I guess don't be afraid not to use your PhD straight away Um, you're not going to forget it just like you don't forget the other stuff that you've done I would say don't feel like you have to follow a particular path you can always take a meandering approach Um, you can try something get another you can get a teaching degree if you want to or you can just go into practice Um, sort of there's there's different pathways Um, and I think it's nice to have that and even if you don't end up sticking with teaching I think teaching gives you so many other skills that you just don't get anywhere else. So you get all the project management elements in it. It's got a lot of psychology in it that don't call psychology. Um, you learn how to read people. You learn how to how you affect other people. You're very wary and you're very aware of how people think and how people work. And I think it's, 
it can help in a lot of other places as well. I think a lot of people have the knack for it. It's nice to try different things. So if you think it might be for you, I think it's something to try. And I think a lot of people would have already done a bit of tutoring. So you already know if you have an inclination for that. Well, thank you, Katya, very much. This was a really interesting interview. It was really great to see you again and hear about your career trajectory. So it was so nice catching up with you. I hope it's been useful for anyone watching.